Despite all the efforts, we are still seeing a shockingly high number of overdoses in our province. In fact, in the city of Vancouver, fire rescue services say that on March 22nd, so just six days ago, they set a record for the number of overdose calls they responded to, 45 in just one day. Fire crews say it is more than double what they usually see. And in fact, that day was bad right across the province where a record was set for overdose calls. And one of the additions, I guess, to this problem is the type of drug that is being used out there. It's called xylazine. It's actually normally prescribed for animals, for dogs, for cats, for horses, for cattle. And it is now known by street names. It is out there. And it is wreaking havoc on our streets. We're seeing this in the United States, too. And we want to learn more about this particular drug, why it has become so toxic out there. Dr. Chelsea Shover is with us now, an assistant professor in residence at the UCLA David Geffen School of Medicine. Dr. Shover, thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. When did we first start seeing xylazine out there? Yeah, so it's been prevalent in Puerto Rico for quite a while. Um, And then it showed up, you know, in the U.S., it really started showing up in Philadelphia um, around the late 2000s, early 2010s. And then over the last few years, it's spread to other drug markets, you know, including Vancouver, as you know. Um, So it is a fairly recent phenomenon in the last few years. Um, But, you know, it's been a veterinary medication for a very long time. That's, That's crazy that this is what people are using now. So what is so toxic about this particular drug? Well, so the the issue is, so basically, xylazine is a central nervous system depressant. It's a sedative. Um, so it has similar effects to opioids in the sense that it slows, you know, slows down your nervous system, slows down your breathing. And the issue is when it's combined with opioids like fentanyl or heroin, um, those it's possible for those two to have a synergistic effect. Um, or for xylazine on its own to really cause profound sedation, which is just someone is basically, you know, passed out. And so, yeah, those are kind of, you know, they're both having similar effects. And when they're together in the drug supply, it's concerning because opioids like fentanyl will respond to the overdose antidote medication naloxone, but xylazine, because it's not an opioid, won't. And so the concern is sort of, Well, there's a few concerns. One is if someone has an overdose that involves xylazine, you need to, it's important to know that because the type of treatment you'll want to give is more like supportive care, giving oxygen, um, not just giving aloxone, which you should absolutely do because there's probably an opioid on board. Um, Right. In addition to the xylazine, you're saying there probably is also an opioid. Yes. 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 For, you know, at least... From our work, it's like 98% of the time xylazine is showing up with other drugs and it's mostly fentanyl. And I think that's that's true in um, Canada, too, that we're mostly talking yeah. about trank dope, which is an opioid in xylazine. So how do these drugs spread like this? Is it just because it is something new and people want to try something new? Like what happens? Yeah, so I think, you know, the main reason that... Um, you know, manufacturers or sellers started adding xylazine to heroin and then fentanyl is because it extends the length of the effects. Um, So fentanyl in particular has a very short, it's a very short acting drug. And so if you add xylazine, 
it makes the effects last longer. And so that can mean someone doesn't have to use as often. Um, someone can avoid withdrawal, things like that. Um, it gives it legs, as people will say. So that's, you know, that's kind of the main reason it started being introduced and um, now has become a major part of some drug markets and then is just starting to emerge in others. It's just like um, chemistry, right? Like they're just trying to mix things together. They're just, it's like playing roulette, Russian roulette. Um, yeah, I get, yeah, right. I mean, every, you know, the motivations are the same as selling any other product, right? You want to make your product uh, work just as well uh, for cheaper or for ways that improve it over someone else's product. And so if you can make something that lasts longer or requires less of your main ingredient, that's, you know, those are some of the types of motivations. Um, the other really concerning thing about xylazine besides the sedation, which is, which, which is a problem because, if someone has used xylazine, they're, li- they're liable to be just unresponsive, kind of knocked out for hours, which can put them at risk of assault or violence or theft, right? Because they're just not yeah. able to respond. Um, the other thing is these wounds, that it, the abscesses it causes. Um, and that's, that's true for people who inject drugs that have xylazine, but we're also starting to see evidence that the abscesses even form for people who are snorting or smoking it. Um, And these wounds can just be very difficult to heal and, um, you know, are certainly painful and risk of infection and all that. What is the withdrawal like to get off of this? Yeah, I mean, there is, you know, there is a withdrawal um, syndrome. I guess that's, you know, that's something I'm a little bit less familiar with the specifics of how that's going to be different than opioid withdrawal. But the important thing is that you know, when you're trying to come off both an opioid and xylazine, well, now you've got two drugs that you need to, um, you know, two different withdrawal syndromes, I guess, that you need to deal with. So, um, you know, and, and especially in some markets where xylazine has been introduced, like people don't necessarily, well, certainly people don't necessarily want it initially and maybe not, are maybe not as aware that it's there. And then if they're trying to come off of it, then it's suddenly like, oh my gosh, I have to come off of these two things at the same time, and that's harder. Are we prepared, like, are any of our healthcare systems, uh, you know, prepared to deal with this constant change of drugs? Um, Well, that's a great question. (laughs) Um, You know, not, I I would say most are not as prepared as we could be. You know, one challenge, and I, I work mostly in the United States, and so Canada does have a really robust drug checking program, especially Vancouver, Um, And so I think the information about what's in the illicit drug supply, Vancouver is probably, you know, leading the world in terms of knowing, um, you know, with a reasonable degree of timeliness, what's actually in it. And so knowing that is really important to making clinical decisions, too. Um, As far as as far as health systems being ready, you know, one challenge we have here in the United States is, you know, a lot of newer drugs, including xylazine just aren't routinely tested for, whether that's, you know, some hospitals do it, some medical examiners do it, um, but usually that's like after there's a problem, like after you realize like, oh, this is something you should be looking for, then um, places will start, will start testing for it. Uh, but if we can, if we could have a more robust uh, way, you know, network of testing, of testing like drugs that are seized during arrest. And also 
when someone dies of an overdose, doing the postmortem toxicology includes that. And then also the kind of community-based drug checking, like Vancouver has a lot and like other places are starting to get, all of those pieces of information can come together and let us know like what's really going on in the illicit supply. Right. Listen, thank you so much for this. I learned so much. Uh, thanks for your time. Okay. Thanks for having me. Appreciate that. Dr. Chelsea Shover is a assistant professor in residence at the UCLA David Geffen School of Medicine talking about drug xylazine. We are seeing more of it in BC, actually. In fact, according to Canada's Drug Analysis Service, the number of illicit drug samples containing xylazine jumped from 205 in 2019 to 2,324 in 2022. And here in BC, that's about 21% of those samples. That number actually here went up fourfold during that time too. So more, it's prevalent out there and it is deadly as well as we heard. A record number of overdoses on March 22nd right across the province.